0: Hi, everybody. Alan Arnett. I'm here this morning with David Dave Ruskelly out of Utah. Hey, good morning, Dave. How you doing, man?
1: Good. No, I'll say Namaste to you, Alan. Good to Namaste. See you. Uh, namaste.
0: <laughs> I usually end my my uh, interviews that way, so I love starting it off that way. I see, I see the light in you, my friend.
1: <laughs> yep, we can we can we can end that way too.
0: <laughs> okay, sounds good. So I, Dave is kind of an interesting case as, as we uh, enter this Everest 2021 season. Uh, Dave has done something that, uh, in fact, no other American has ever done. He has summited not only the traditional seven summits, but the so-called volcanic seven summits. And that's what we're going to explore in this uh, this interview, this podcast today. Dave's 52 years old. He lives in Utah, married with a uh, three boys, and uh, he's the founding partner of r Environmental. Uh, it's a firm that does environmental consulting across the U.S. and Canada. Um, and Mr. Ross Kelly was born in Chicago when he likes to say, go Cubs, right?
1: That's great, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh i'm sorry that you said go broncos or what no no
1: no 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 no, no. Cubs, cubs. <laughs> oh come on <laughs> uh,
0: and this is i love i i love this for roscoe his um uh his hobby is uh falls after uh, sir edmund hillary um mr ruskelly is a beekeeper is that true
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. It is very soothing. And uh, by and large, beekeepers live longer than, than most uh, general population uh, because of the nurturing of bees, eating the honey, and then the stings. They say that that helps uh, lengthen your life weird enough
0: so that that is totally counterintuitive that a beekeeper lives longer because i would expect kind of just the opposite you know with uh in, you know in occupational dangers uh, by the way my favorite food on uh, any type of a climber hike is a uh, honey stinger and because oh, yeah. it uses natural honey i find it has a, a longer half-life to it than some of the other uh, bars out there so there's the uh there there's the paid political announcement for Got this out. yeah yeah <laughs> All right, so the uh, seven or volcanic seven summits—I guess that's the right terminology, right? Volcanic seven summits.
1: Yeah, I think that's how. Uh, so there, there is a gentleman named James Stone, and he was the first Brit to do this. And he's kind—I of, kind of call him the Elizabeth Holly of this whole yes. circumstance. He's the guy that tracks this. So, it, in essence, if you've climbed it. He has to say you've climbed it or it doesn't count in my.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to give him a shout out at the very end. I'm going to put the link up to his website, which is just I phenomenal think. for this particular uh, category. Is, is it lock Lay? Is that how you pronounce it?
1: I believe so. I'm, you know, I don't have that that uh, background but I think that is how you would say it
0: I'm sure I'm sure some of my Gaelic listeners will uh, just roast me for butchering it so we'll we'll find out what that is so you're
1: braver than me I won't even try to say it
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, so I've got it up on the uh, on the screen right now embedded as we're talking so I'll let, leave it up to the readers to tell me exactly how to uh, pronounce it so okay so volcanic seven summit so first off Dave what the heck is a volcano? Can you give me a definition of a volcano because yeah. I as I was researching this I mean I kind of I didn't realize it was controversial the definition of a volcano but it is
1: it is and it's as controversial as you know what qualifies as the seven continents kind of Oceania or Australia so I'm I'm going to I've got a quote for you volcanoes are mountains but not all mountains are volcanoes all so you right. contemplate that for the rest of the day but uh, essentially it comes down to how they form and I'm not a geologist uh, but it, in essence if you if you start with mountains think about like tectonic plates coming together so with Everest for instance you've got that Indian tectonic plate and you've got the Eurasian and they they come together and then you know you get this massive uplift if you think about the nazca plate and the South American along South America same thing you get the Andes rising up. Volcanoes are different. So when they form, uh, and, and what's unique to volcanoes is they have lava, magma. So magma is liquid rock under the ground. When it comes out, it's lava. And then they they all have a caldera. So that kind of cone at the at the top, right? So if you climb Kilimanjaro, you see this massive caldera right. at the top. It's huge, and right. and there's you know fissures and vents and things that are off gassing. It's just amazing to see. So volcanoes are kind of this uplift. Uh, and they form differently. And that's that's in a nutshell, that's the way to describe it.
0: Okay, great. Um, I'm going to put up a map of um, of the volcanoes uh, as we're talking through this. And um, uh, obviously, there's seven. Um, and so uh, we're going to kind of go through these and talk about which one was easy, which one was hard. But here's some fun facts before we get into this. Uh, the tallest is Oeste uh, uh, del Salado. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. and yeah, and that's in uh, what, Argentina, right? Chile.
1: It's on the oh, border of Chile and Argentina.
0: Sorry. Okay, great. Thank you. That's yep. why you're on the show. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it is the, it's the highest around 22,615. The lowest is the last one you just did. In, uh that's Siddeley down in Antarctica at a little over 14,000. So just a, just a 14er, right?
1: It's, it is. Yeah. And, and if it was in Colorado, it would be very, fairly easy uh, but it's very cold and it's it's as remote as you can imagine it would be.
0: And I can imagine. I mean, and also, yeah. I mean, Antarctica. So we'll, we'll, t- we'll come back around to that one. Cool. Yep. So when you when you compare the seven summits versus the volcanic seven summits, um, I, I don't know why I went down this rabbit hole, but I wanted to see. I just kind of assumed that the seven summits were going to be significantly higher on average than the volcanic so I added them all up and <laughs> did the median and the average. And lo and behold, they're roughly the same, the average or the median. It's only 713 feet difference. The median for the volcanic seven summits is uh, 5,693 meters versus uh, for the seven summits, um, whoops, yeah, uh, 5,693. So wow. it's not a, not a huge difference, which shocked me. I, don't know I, did why. Not,
1: I did not know that. That is a good That is a good fun fact. Yeah, um, I,
0: I think it's skewed by the, by uh, Kosciuszko because of uh, the seven summits, it's pretty, you know, obviously it's pretty low.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, you know, I would say that the seven or the volcanic seven are moderately easier than the seven summits. I was going to ask you this, yes. Yeah, for sure. And I think if people had an aspiration to climb Everest or climb the seven summits, you really should start with the volcanic. Uh, oh. summits because you get that international flavor and feel. You certainly get elevation with Ojos. Uh, you know, that's almost 23 K. Uh, that's a, that's a big mountain and the elevation comes right at you like a punch in the face. So, uh, but they're moderately easier and you can cut your teeth on it. I think and if you, different.
0: and if you do the seven summits first, you knock off two of the volcanic cause Kilimanjaro and Elbrus right. are on the same list.
1: That's correct. Yes. Yep.
0: So um, by um by James stones, calculations. And again, you can correct me here. That is uh, 24 people have completed uh, the volcanic 23, 23. And oh my God, that, you know, that's compared to probably close to 500 for the seven summits. Yeah. Like something, something in that neighborhood. There's no real clear list of that. So I'm, rough estimate.
1: Right. And, and if you compare the list, there's, I think there's only like, five or six people that have done seven summits and seven volcanics. It's not a very big list either. So, uh, you know, like Alex Abramov, if you know him from uh, he's a Russian guy. Seven summits club. Yep. Exactly. And in, in Russia, David Hamilton, I believe has done it as well. If you know, David Hamilton, yep. good. Yep. UK guide. Yeah. Yeah. UK guide. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Globe. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there's not a huge group of, of people that have done this.
0: And the youngest person to do it, and I'm going to butcher his name, he's from Romania, uh, yeah. Krina Popesco. He's yeah. 16 years old. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the oldest is uh, Ted Fairhurst from Canada at a young 71. Yes, yeah, spry. 71. And our very, our very own Dave Roskelly Roscoe, he did it at age 51. He's the only American, and he, his last one was Sidley uh, on January 18, 2020. And I want to get into that a little bit more. Yeah. Um and also I got really curious as to what the order is cuz the uh, same thing with the seven summits, you know how many people end with Everest or is in the middle or whatever it is. And what's interesting of the 23 that have done it, uh 13 did Sidley, Sid Sid Lee <laughs> in Antarctica last. Uh seven did um uh Mr. Chile Salado uh Ojos. Uh so seven. So but Sidley seems like the last one totally understandable. So let's talk about going to Antarctica and climbing that. Uh, you know, I've been down there, done Vincent before. Uh, I think if anybody ever gets a chance to go to Antarctica, jump on it for any reason whatsoever, even if it's to take out the trash at the South Pole, you
1: know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I've been twice. I want to go back again. It is just such a spectacular place. I love exploring. Uh, It is absolutely awesome. And Sidley is becoming way more popular. So if you look at ALE's website, they just added two trips this season. And I bet going forward they'll add they'll have at least two trips every season uh interestingly enough when we were down there for the 1920 season right before the pandemic uh we had climbers from vincent from v5 the vincent five climb they all came back and they were actually trying to poach the trip like pay us (laughs) to get on to the sidley trip And, and you can look up how much the sidley trip cost but people were offering us uh, Sidley times three to give up our spot. And ALE said, no way. These people are signed up. You cannot do that. This isn't transferable. So there's a huge interest in in climbing Sidley. Super remote. I think you're over 300 miles from the South Pole or any occupations. The plane goes, that that Basler, that DC-3 goes and stays with you. And it lands on the ice. So I guess they were saying like three trips ago, the Basler left. And then the people were stranded there for several weeks eating shoe leather, you know, waiting for the plane to come back. So wow. um not literally, but you, yeah, you yeah, know you're yeah, yeah. saying and so now the plane lands, it stays with you and it's waiting there uh, just, you know, on call for when you come back.
0: So. Yeah. I mean, you know, budget and Antarctica are two words that don't go together. No, uh, you had a, not. <laughs> you had a, a fairly international, very international trip. You had a gentleman from South Africa, two gentlemen from South Africa and one from Russia. And, uh, but again, you were the only American to uh, do um, both uh, the Seven Summits and the Volcanic Seven Summits. So congratulations. us.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You're in a you're in a rare, rare uh, company being by yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so far. You know, I think the reason why, quite frankly, because people have asked this, why didn't an American do this before? And I think the big reason is the high volcano of Asia is Damavand in Iran. And as an American, you can appreciate, uh, certainly if you're of a certain age, you may be over 45 or 50, you absolutely remember what happened in 1980 or 79 with the hostages. And so... We haven't had a great track record with Iran, but I was able to get in there in 18 and had a phenomenal trip. It was such a great experience. And I have concluded that its it has nothing to do with the people. It's the governments. People were so kind. We climbed with Iranian mountaineers. It was a peace climb and they were just nothing but nice. And did, we didn't have one incident. They were just super nice.
0: I've had that same experience. I haven't been to Iran to climb, but I have other friends that have, and they echoed exactly what you said Uh, when I was on broad peak in 2006 or seven, they were at an Iranian teammate. And, and uh, he was just a sweetheart of a gentleman. So, you know, when you, when you look at these, and again, we're going to be, I'm going to flash up a map of, show these things around the, around the world as we're talking throughout this interview. Um, But um, so which one, which of all the volcanic seven suns, which one was the hardest?
1: Uh, I would, well, it's interesting. That's an interesting question because you You got to define hard, right? Yeah. If you factor in the travel, you know, it's about impossible for an American to get to Iran. So that part of it would be very difficult if you just took the mountains by themselves Mm -hmm. uh and then also you know sidley's about impossible to get to yeah yeah (laughs) but if you just take the the mountains themselves i think ojos is probably the most difficult and it's just the elevation yeah Uh, you know that's always the the great equalizer for everybody so you can be as strong as you want but (laughs) almost seven thousand meters meters. yeah yeah Yeah, elevations in charge
0: heavily glaciated
1: uh, no, actually, it's a. It. it what's interesting is uh, it's in the rain shadow. So in that hemisphere, the the storms come out of the east, and all the the snow and rain falls on the Argentine side, and then Chile, the Chilean side. It's like Tibet. It's it's total rain shadow. It's bone dry. There's certainly snow at the top, but not a not very much. Um, which one do you think was the easiest? Or was uh, Yeah, another I would I would kind of put that asterisk in there, say the same thing again. But Gilloway is probably the or Galooey, as the Brits say, uh, that's one's probably the easiest. I took my uh, he was 15 at the time. I took him with me and uh, he was you know, he did great. He was only 15 and they told us he was the youngest person to climb, the youngest Westerner to climb uh Gilaway when we were there but he he made a couple of comments he's like dad this is way <laughs> off you know, the people he was fine with the mountain it's just it's so foreign to an american or a westerner to go to papua new guinea uh and then to go where we did out in the jungle it is it's really a cool experience yeah
0: <laughs> i mean if it wasn't for the mountains i'm not sure i would have gone to uh to uh, papua new guinea you know yeah, <laughs> for, <right>. for karstens <laughs> i mean it was for, you
1: know on the and that's the indonesian side but which yeah. is, I yeah. think it's even more remote on that side.
0: It's kind of like buying a boat. The two happiest days of your life is when you yeah. get it and win them when you sell it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but they
1: were work- really cool. Papua New Guinea is a very cool place to go. Yeah.
0: Do you remember what order you did them in? And, and if you go through them, I'm, I'm going to try to put up a picture of each one of them.
1: Do you uh, remember think, what yeah, order you did them in? Yeah, I actually have it in front of me, thankfully. Cool. I, didn't, I didn't know you were going to ask that, but it, so it was Elbrus first. That was 07. Uh, Kilimanjaro's 08. And I did killy twice. Uh, and then it would have been uh, Orizaba, Pico de Orizaba. Then it would have been uh, Damavond, Ojos, and Sidley.
0: Okay, cool. And
1: on my website, I have like a graphic that shows the dates, the exact dates. And
0: all right, I'll kind of I'll poach that and put that up as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So uh you know th- this is many people say and I'm not sure I agree with this but they say climbing the seven summits is not about mountaineering it's really about you know traveling and you know just seeing yeah. the world and there there is some truth to that you know sure, but sure. I tell you what when you're on you know when you're hanging off the side of um of Carson's pyramid uh I don't think that's you know being in the four seasons so um no, it's not. <laughs> when you factor in, in fact, let me expand this all the way to uh, the seven summits and the volcanic seven summits. So as we were joking earlier, there's nine seven summits, if you include, you know, Kosciuszko, uh, Carstens and Mont Blanc. So of the 16 seven summits, <laughs> which, one, which one was the most memorable for you? What, when you think about that whole experience, which one really kind of stands out in your mind if you're drifting off to sleep at night?
1: Yeah. People ask that a lot. And uh, so I have thought about it a lot. It's Kilimanjaro. Uh, I've done it twice. I would do it again. It it is so phenomenal to go to Africa and experience just a, a phenomenal culture. And so I always tell people you go climb and then you do safari, you see the animals. So I went back a second time when my oldest graduated from high school, that was kind of a graduation present. So I took all my boys a bunch of fathers and sons, my sister and a niece and a whole group of us went and we all summited. And then we went on safari. It was so cool to watch the mountain and the animals through my sons. That was, ah. just, uh, it was awesome, you know, and that, and it's fun. Climbing generally can be kind of a selfish thing like me, me, me. And so I want to give back and love them. So I, I, one other thing I'll tell you is all the summits that we usually go on, we'll do a summit flag. So if you can see over my shoulder, that that's a summit flag from Sidley and Vincent. So our Kilimanjaro flag is over our kitchen table no, and uh, the boy's signatures are on it. And, uh, you know, I'll usually tell them if there's a hard homework assignment or something that I want to do, we're talking about over dinner. I'll say, Hey, look at that flag. Look what you did really hard. <laughs> you no. Know, and it kind of inspires them. They, they wow. see it every day. And I've got, a, I've got a bunch of flags in my office, uh, here I'm in my office and, And I love it. I look at them even now so you know, I look at my Everest bag, I'm looking at it right now on the wall and hey, that's, that's pretty cool. I did something difficult.
0: I love it. Over your left shoulder, you got your ego wall up there. I've got mine. I do. I do. (laughs) I've got mine behind me. I've got my summit certificates from Everest and K2 and the ice axe I used on Everest. And uh, those those are the gloves that I actually used on K2. Believe it or not, the only pair I used the entire time were those North Face uh, insulated gloves. That was it. Even on the top, even on the top, really. And if wow. you if, actually, if I brought them over here and showed them to you, you'd see how just how ripped up they are. But you know, in fact, I was really disappointed. North Face quit making them. Uh, you know, <laughs> talking about which mountain was most memorable, um, I have a similar answer to years from people ask me that, and I won't go into the story. But the short answer is Ama de because. No, cool. Yeah. I was in 1997. My first time to Nepal, I was trekking through the Khumbu and I saw it and I just kind of, you know, do a throwaway comment. That's impossible to climb. I could never <laughs> do that. You know, and three years later, I was standing on the top of it. Very uh, cool. And, and yeah. that's where I got the inspiration through a, a great Kiwi guy, David Hiddleston, who has since passed away on the mountains. But uh, he said he goes, mate, I guess you're ready for Everest now. <laughs> so I, I give I give David all the credit and the blame for that. So cool. very nice. I like it. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting comment you made a few minutes ago that um if you're if you're interested in doing both the seven and the volcanic seven, that you're might be better off starting with the volcanic. Expand on that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it, you know, generally I think they're most of them are moderately easier. Uh, you know, Everest taking Everest out of the equation and doing all these other ones first is—they're it, it, just—it's just easier the travel. I mean, a lot of the travels the the same, and you're right. Part of this is—is is the travel. It's it's but then also acclimatizing, but you're learning this skill set as you're, as you're climbing. And, you know, I always wanted to climb Everest from a young age, but I, I knew I couldn't just go climb Everest because people die. And so you've got to kind of cut your teeth and do these, these, these smaller climbs first and just get comfortable with unique foods and different people and, and all these weird experiences. Cause it, you know, if if you get sick, as you are well aware, you eat something funky and get sick, you're, in some instances, your trip's over, right? So you kind of have to get used to all that stuff. It's yeah, part of the yeah. equation, the calculus that goes into climbing these big mountains.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. When people want to go climb Everest, the typical progression is like, uh, at least for Americans, would be a, a Rainier, uh, a Denali, a Aconcagua. Yeah you know, but um, I think you, you know, you're kind of uh, adding a little bit of a different uh, spin on this by doing the, the volcanic seven first. Uh, and then, like we said earlier, you, you'll knock off two of them anyway. So, and, yeah, and I,
1: I, I, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I was going to, and I love uh, Orizaba. I think that's a oh, quick, yeah. easy, fun, relatively safe trip for, especially for Americans, but to almost anybody to do. And it's mm-hmm. a fun part of Mexico as well. So.
1: Yeah. I, I would also add a, cou- a couple of things I would add. When you go on a trip like this, you owe it to yourself to spend some time either before or after in the country and explore like with Orizaba, you have to go to Mexico City and go to some museums and ruins. You know, you're, you're only doing half the trip. If you're just going there and checking off a mountain, you've got to get to know people and, and have the full, you know, the full experience. Exactly. At some of these places, in my humble opinion. Uh, the other thing I would add is I'm definitely seeing when, when I've been traveling and doing climbs, like down in Antarctica, it, you know, you're planting these seeds of seven volcanic and what's happened is a lot of these seven summiters, they finish and then they're like, what's next? And so that's what's happening is a lot of these these guys and gals, these climbers are jumping into this kind of next thing, which is the volcanic. So I I predict you're going to see quite an uptick. If the pandemic hadn't hit, it would be quite more significant. But keep an eye out. I think this is going to start taking off.
0: It's very interesting. Uh, I was uh, interviewed Ryan Waters a couple of days ago and that uh, podcast and the video just went online today. And he made a similar point about polar exploration. Uh, yep, I would agree. That mm-hmm. people who have done the seven summits, now they're like, okay, so what's next? you still got that itch in you. You know, you still have the fitness and whatever all the assets it takes to do these things. And so he's seeing a tremendous uptick in, uh, in the last degree primarily. But he also, he does across Greenland, and just does some really amazingly fun stuff uh around the around the arctic exploration so Absolutely. talking about i'm gonna one topic and then we're gonna wrap up with the uh what's next for uh david roskelly mr <laughs> roscoe roscoe yes um, that is. <laughs> so uh i want to talk um so are any of the already the seven volcanics are they still active
1: uh, the Which most difficult one. Yeah, it's a great question. So yeah, I mean, pili's active, but you're not going to have lava coming out of it anytime soon. I think the most active one. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, is Domabond. So when you get close to the top, there's actually quite a sulfur. Uh, vo- they call it bog. So uh, you know, it's that volcanic fog. Yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty nasty. It, you know, if I didn't know any better, you'd probably should put a wet respirator on because it, it, depending on the way the wind's blowing, you're getting quite a snootful full of, uh, of sulfur out of that. I only vent. experienced that once on Mount hood, same thing, you know, yeah. you get to the top of hood and you're like, Oh my gosh, you
0: know? Yeah. So but,
1: but none of them that, that I can think of has any like lava or something. Sidley's long, long expired, yeah. but you can see a big caldera. And wow, kind of a half of a caldera and a cone up there so how big was how
0: big was that caldera compared to Orizaba um, or Kili either one
1: uh, that's a great question definitely Sidley's caldera is definitely bigger than oh, wow. Orizabas okay. uh, Kilimanjaro's is big <laughs> yeah, yeah it's large I, I yeah. and it's only Sidley's is only kind of half of it because the other half's been blown out to the side whenever that thing erupted I don't know the history of the eruption but I'm not sure anybody does because nobody goes down there <laughs> so, but I would say it's probably pretty close to Killy's size okay okay that's, wow, that's really large yeah, yep. I'm, again, I've got this, I
0: don't know why I had this false impression these volcanoes are relatively small and compact. Maybe it's because of Rainier and Hood and Baker and the Pacific yeah. Northwest here in the US volcanoes, but they're not.
1: No, no. And, and Ohost is, is big, you know, it's high. So,
0: yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And and again, real briefly, let's touch on Australia. I guess there's some um, controversy about, you know, which volcano is really the volcano and just kind of give our readers and followers a little bit of color on the Australian volcano, volcano situation.
1: Right. So James Stone writes about this. And um, the the controversy is when does a volcano cease to be a volcano? If if it's been around like 100 million years and through erosion, the caldera's gone and it hasn't erupted. Is it now a mountain? Is it a pile of rocks? Is it a volcano? So yes, there is some controversy uh, over whether or not the high point is Australia. It's the same with the seven summits. What's the continent? Is it, is it uh, Oceania? Is it Australia? So I may have to go to Australia again and do one of those volcanoes because I'm just that weird so,
0: all right. You're going to take I'm one for the, the
1: team. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so,
0: so, in other words, if a volcano erupts and there's nobody there, did it really erupt? Okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. So. Did the tree fall? <laughs> hear <it>. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, 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 Dave, I've read some of uh, some other of your interviews and listened to them and everybody. And I always love this question. You go off and you do these things and come home. and People go, eh, well, good. You summited. So what's next? You know, yeah, and, you know, it just it just drives me up a wall. And people like, "No, I'm going to tell you all about my trip. I'm going to tell you what happened." You know, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever. No, what's what's next? next? What's next? Yeah, so, yeah. Yep. go. What's next?"
1: <laughs> right. So, so that is a loaded question. So I always love having a goal and something out there, but I, I want to go to uh, either the high mountain or the high point of the moon. Uh, they're different so the high mountain is oh, i'm sorry
0: you said the moon that, as was in that
1: that thing i'm looking out my window at up in the moon top. hits your eye like a big pizza pie yep oh, okay incorrect. the m-o-o-n okay gotcha. m-o-o la luna yes exactly <laughs> so mount higgins is the high mountain and it's 18,046 feet and that tradition that is a traditional mountain the actual high point is the Selenian Summit, and that is formed volcanically. So here we've been talking about volcanoes and mountains. It's thirty five thousand three hundred eighty seven feet. So it it trumps Everest. It's measured from the center, from the core of the moon. There's no sea level, right? So, interestingly enough, oh, this,
0: this is like the the. Um, um, Guy a chimborazo argument as you measure yeah. it from the center exactly. of the exactly.
1: Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Everest or Chimborazo, which one's taller? Yeah, exactly. Thing. So in 71 and 72, the Apollo 15, 16, and 17 missions all took lunar rovers to the, the the lunar surface. They're still up there. They drove close to 60 miles exploring on the on the moon. You can see video of it and whatnot. Interestingly enough, those vehicles were electric. So who do we know that's involved with space today that has electric vehicles as well, right? So uh, I think if you're going to go, it would be uh, Elon Musk, SpaceX, Tesla. I think it would be awesome to get something up there on the surface uh, electric and drive it to the high point of the moon. So that, that is my next goal. I'd love to do it. I, I think there's a ton of similarities between mountaineering and space travel. You got to have the fitness. Think about being in a confined quarters, like a capsule that's like a tent, very small. You're together as a team, pressures, uh, altitudes. I think there's a ton of similarities, quite frankly between the two sports.
0: Well, I, I'm sure Mr. Musk is a, a follower and a reader of my blog. Oh so yeah. <laughs> you can expect your phone to be ringing as soon as this, this goes live.
1: <laughs> well, I actually wrote him a letter. So I've <laughs> written him a letter before the pandemic and I've been, I have, I haven't put a ton of effort into it, but I mean, quite frankly, if it's going to happen, it would have to be with him. Yep, there's yep. nobody close enough that would do it. But, you know, I, I think if you spin it the right way, this is a, enough of a PR stunt that actually could be cool. So,
0: well, he did, he did put a Tesla in space, you know, with the, yeah. you
1: know, with the guy in the suit Dummy. driving the Tesla and that's right.
0: Send yeah. it into orbit. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, so, you know, uh,
0: so I knew you were going to say that cause I've heard you say it before, but uh, so I've got two counters offers for you. Um, <laughs> the first is I, I just, you know, I just don't think you're thinking big enough. You know, I, you know, I think you should be thinking Mars.
1: Olympus Mons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, if you go to Summit Post or Peak Bagger or any of these websites to do these ranking lists, Olympus Mons is always the highest.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that actually was originally my goal, <laughs> but being 52, I think I have like 10 or 15 years of fitness. You know, it's very difficult to go into space and very difficult on your body. And I, I just think the, the moon as outlandish as it seems, I think is closer than we think it is. So, Alan, I think in our lifetime, we certainly will see people going to the moon. I think, the, the, you know, lunar travel, space travel yeah. now is like 100 years ago what what transcontinental air, air traffic was. You know, people would never think about flying to Europe uh, in the in the 20s until Lindbergh, you know, flew across the the Atlantic and landed in Paris and won that Orteg prize and I think it was in 27. So that really opened the door to uh, this kind of international airline travel. And it's going to take something like going to the high point or going to the moon, and then it'll start opening up and it will become cheaper, you know, at some point. So, uh, I I have no idea. I mean, it would be you know eight nine zeros behind the figure to, to get to the moon, right? But <laughs> <stay> Roscoe, <tuned. laughs> you are a
0: man of vision. I will give you that. All right, but I'm going to close on this one. I you know I, I I'll take I'll take your moon and your Olympus uh, Mons, but um, you know back here on Earth, I think there's still another one that's
1: calling out to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, what is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mawson Peak, Big Ben on Heard Island in the South Pacific.
1: I read about that too. Yes, and I have, yeah, I have, I have thought about that. That isn't climb very much either. It's was, an
0: active volcano on, yeah, a, on an, an island of the of, About that, yeah, no, on, the, on the island the <laughs> size of Manhattan.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, future. I need to go climb Chimborazo, uh, and then I want to, I want to do some eight thousand meter peaks. So okay, all right. Yeah those are next.
0: We'll all see. right. Good enough, my friend. Hey, this was great. I love talking about this is a little bit different than, you know, the standard talking about Everest and COVID and all those things right now. in, in uh, what is this? March, 2021. Um, I wish you all the best success as you continue your, uh, at a young age of 52. I mean, look, you got plenty of time. You get lots of, lots of 8,000 meter mountains and other peaks in your future, including the moon. I love it. Yeah, I love
1: it. <laughs> All right, Roscoe. Hey, man, thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it. You are awesome. And namaste. Namaste. All right. Love it. Thank you. Thank you.